I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Popcher podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Hello, everybody, and Hello welcome to the Cold Podcast. Everybody. Hello, Ween, everybody. Hello, Wieners. Let's call our fans Wieners <laughs> up, from wieners? now on. <laughs> welcome to the Cold Popsh Podcast. My name is AJ, and this guy over here is named Richard. This guy. And that, that is my name. He, yeah. it's, that is correct. Uh, we have one of our, um, our trademark interview with a niche uh, person from one of the films we've talked about on this podcast episode we've got an interview episode as a, you know as a halloween special for this this week richard what are we doing what are we doing today on the cold popture podcast uh we are talking to uh some people to find out what it's like to die the spookiest thing there is yeah acting. yeah that is very spooky because there there's a lot of silence because all these dead people can't answer us Mm. (laughs) now we're interviewing actors uh who have died in film specifically the final destination franchise because it's got they've got very fun elaborate deaths and so Mm -hmm. um we through the last few weeks we've torturously uh been reaching out to uh, agents and actors yeah i subscribe to a a free trial for imdb pro um, which is actually how we got literally everyone on this on this podcast today. So yeah. you know, maybe that's the better way to do it. Uh, so the first interview we've we got three that we're gonna we're gonna talk to. The first one we are going to go to Richard is our interview with Arlen Escapada, who plays Nathan in Final Destination Five. Richard and the way uh, Nathan dies, he has two deaths in in Final Destination Five, obviously because he dies in the premonition, and he dies uh, later on in the film in real life. Uh, so his death in, in the premonition is when the bridge is collapsing at the start of Final Destination 5. One of the like suspension wires just smacks him off screen. And then later on in the film, Richard, in the famous twist of Final Destination 5, after you find out that it's actually a prequel to Final Destination 1, uh, he gets crushed by a jet turbine that falls from the flight 180 from uh, the first yeah. film. So here it is. Here's our interview with Arlen Escapada. So we are here with Arlen Escapada. How are you, Arlen? I'm good. How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. How are you, Richard? Um, yeah, yeah, good. not bad. Not bad. Did you guys sleep well? Did you guys get some rest? <laughs> no, I had actually a terrible <laughs> sleep. So I'm, I'm operating. I'm operating on autopilot right now, but. It's for the content, you know? I've got to do it for the content. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so, Arlen, we're talking to you today because you are in, you're actually in two films that we've discussed at length somewhat on our podcast over the years. Uh, you're in Final Destination 5, and you're also in uh, Friday the 13th, the 2009 right. remake. Yes, sir. And we wanted to talk to you about that because we're doing a podcast where we're interviewing actors who have died on screen specifically in the final destination series but a couple of the ones ah, we've got have also absolutely. been in other other movies as well because it's halloween and because it's the spooky season we thought what better subject to discuss than death itself and you having in a lot of ways you've already died arlen you've died a few times on <laughs> on, on camera and we wanted to ask you about that absolutely i i am kind of an expert at this now <laughs> yeah, have you have you have we missed any? Have you died in other things outside of those two films? I know I have. Um, <laughs> oh boy, I did I did this this smaller budget horror film called Midnight Sun, and I'm pretty sure I, I died in that as well. Yeah. Oh boy, my mom knows because she 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 she's over it. She's like, book something where you live, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so yeah, for for those who don't remember, um, your death you have two death scenes in Final Destination Five because you right. die in the premonition and then you die at the end of the film as well right. uh, in the premonition you get hit by a suspension bridge wire as the bridge yeah. is collapsing <laughs> uh and at the end um what is probably one of the more interesting like contexts of deaths i think in the final destination series you find out that the the life that you inadvertently stole from another guy right. uh, he was gonna die anyway and then you're immediately uh, crushed by a jet turbine yeah. that falls out of the sky um, and on Friday the 13th, you were stabbed with an axe head by Jason Voorhees. Arlen, what an <laughs> honor. Stabbed by the one and only. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. Yeah. And, and, I, and I got to fight a little bit. It was, it was good. It was good. Very Not many cool. people say they, they, they got some, some hits in before. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, so we watch um, sort of what we do on our podcast is we, watch, we like binge watch an entire film franchise in one go and then discuss it. Oh, wow. So, yeah, watching all the Friday the 13th movies in a row and even all the Final Destination wow. movies in a row, it's like, why is people dying all the time? This is so visible. So, no wonder you guys are still up at 6.30. You've been watching these things all day and all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yep. So, regarding your deaths in those two films, practically, how are they pulled off? Um, so, I'll start with Final, I mean, with Friday the 13th. So, practically, mm -hmm. that one was pretty interesting. Uh, I got to put this harness on, uh, and the harness itself had uh, an axe attached to the back. So, mm -hmm. we shot the scene, I fight with, uh, with Jason, I run, and then I, I, I fall, obviously. Uh, and with the harness on, uh, from the back, you can see that there's an ax in my, in my back, you know, and it's literally, I'm walking around set, I'm grabbing food mm -hmm. and there's an ax <laughs> literally attached to my back. And then and what ends up happening, uh, they turn me or when he flips me around, everything from there is, uh, is, is computer animated and he lifts mm -hmm. me up and he shoves me down and the ax kind of comes through my chest. Uh, yeah. And that part of it is, is just digital. That part of it is digital. And mm -hmm. then, of course, the magic of me, the screaming, the the uh, the sound <laughs> effects, the music, all that other stuff, you know, all the stuff that makes movies movies. Yeah. Nice. It, like, as an actor, what's it like getting to that place emotionally where you're screaming for your life and facing your immortality like that? You know what? It's... It's stressful. <laughs> it definitely takes a lot out of you. Um, if you do it right, I think. 
Uh, you can't you can't fake it. And your body really does believe what you tell it, tell it is going on, you know. So uh, after scenes like that, you're really mentally and physically exhausted. Uh, you definitely could lose your voice. Uh, but overall, man, it's stressful. You know, it, it doesn't feel um, good. It feels very, very nasty, especially if you are uh, if someone if you're playing that someone is chasing you, if you are playing that, you know, this pain, like you're about to die, you know, this is it. And this is how you're going. Um, it, it's a scary thing. That's for sure. So how do you how do you like come down from that place? Me personally? Mm. Um, I'm a big cartoon fan, <laughs> so I'll probably sing like an 80s theme song or something crazy for one of my favorite cartoons. Nice. Um, I, I decompress pretty well when it when it comes to the work. Uh, if it was something if it was heavy, I'd go to the gym. I go work out. I go play basketball. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. hang out with with my cast. And of course, when I was doing Friday the 13th, I had a great group of cast members. You know, so everybody was laughing at each other's deaths anyway. <laughs> so yeah. afterwards we got a good kick of like you know why didn't you guys come help me you guys all heard me out there screaming <laughs> i could have blasted the rest of this movie and then saved everyone but you didn't you know so yeah yeah <laughs> nice were you a fan of the friday the 13th series before you you did that one yeah 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 i was just, I'm, a, I'm a horror fan period across the board my favorite two uh I guess horror, not monsters, but but characters are, uh, of course, Freddy Krueger and uh, and Jason Voorhees. Those two were my favorite. When I was younger, those were the two that really, really, really scared me. I used to have the worst Freddy Krueger dreams ever uh, to the point mm -hmm. that, uh, and I guess they call it cognitive dreaming, I taught myself how to fly in my dreams running from him. It was that bad. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All, all that time spent trying to get away from Freddy Krueger and fate would have it that you get killed by Jason Voorhees. Jason was the one that got me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so with Final Destination 5, I'm, I'm guessing that the death, your deaths in, those, in, in that film uh, was a bit less uh, hard going because in both cases, I don't think your character knows he dies. I think he just gets sideswiped in, in both <laughs> cases. It's yeah, it's it's automatic. Yeah, he doesn't know it's coming. Especially on the bridge, the practical way that we shot that was pretty cool. Uh, this was a different type of uh, stunt harness where uh, they had me rigged up, and literally my job is to run as fast as I can. Of course, as if like you know the bridge is collapsing, and mm -hmm. I don't know when they're gonna do it because I don't want them to prepare me. But literally out of nowhere, I get snatched <laughs> and just yanked to the left, and I just tuck myself at that point. And I uh, hit a foam wall, uh, and of course, after that, um, that's done. They uh, they do the digital. Wow! Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It felt it felt yeah, like I man. was flying. It was amazing. Uh, literally, because you're running at, at you know in five seconds into running or however they do it. Because I told them, don't tell me when. Do it at different times on each take, so I'm not prepared for it. Um, mm. And literally, it just it snatched me out of the air. Like my feet were on the ground at one point, and then less than two seconds later, I'm curled up in a ball hitting a wall. So it was pretty pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That's awesome, and the the jet turbine, uh, and that one, the, that one was very easy. Uh, that's more just realizing, okay, wow. So, this guy whose life that I took, his life is 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 gone, and mine is coming soon. And and before I could even, I think before my character can even uh, formulate and realize exactly what's happening or how it's going to happen, he hears that of the the engine turbine from up above, and he looks up, and before he knows it, boom. 
There it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great ending. It's a great ending to the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or beginning, you know, mm. or beginning if, if we're, if we're yes. giving away spoilers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, is it weird or scary in any way um, to then go and watch these films and see yourself die? And, like, because you mentioned that, that your mum kind of <laughs> doesn't <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how, how do people react to seeing their loved one just <laughs> dying? getting an X through their chest. So there's definitely an emotional toll for my family uh, watching the films. Uh, They don't like to watch it. Some of them will turn their heads or close their eyes, Uh, particularly my nieces and nephews, the younger ones. uh, They don't like it. They, 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 I think some of them actually felt that I actually got hurt. And uh, one of my, uh, my nephews ended up having to have a talk with him on the phone afterward to let him know that I was okay. And that, um, that it was just pretend. And I had to explain to him, it was almost like a, like a video game. And once mm. I explained video game to him, he was really able to grasp it a lot better. Uh, now they're older, so they know I'm acting and they, and they understand it a lot better. But um, my mom, she, she won't. She, she's <laughs> done with it. She's like, you know, book something where you live. Uh, why do they always have to kill you? You know, like, I, I don't I don't get it. I'm like, Mom, the check's cleared. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's It's just so fascinating, I guess, to, to think of, like, the... Because, like, do you personally, like, not just your family, but do you also feel sort of like a, a you, does your caveman brain go like oh my god i'm i'm dead or do, you know does it react in any way watching you know what yourself for, for me it's more of a technical thing like i'm i'm watching the acting i'm trying to see mm. if, if i if i sold it well enough you know how the audience reacts like i remember watching final destination five and we went to like uh, a theater and you know the stigma is that you know the black people always die first in horror movies so mm. when i'm on that bridge and uh, you see that that uh, that that piece of the bridge just kind of knocked me out of the screen. And somebody was like, "What? No, God, come on! You killed him already!" You know. So uh, um, <laughs> it's it's great for me to know that people are reacting to it. You know, uh, when I did uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth and watching uh, my character run, I heard people in the, in the in the in the audience telling me to zigzag, don't run straight. You know, like <laughs> all these really cool stuff. You know. Um, and then back to FD5, when I'm the last one to go, I got an applause. And I was like, okay, this is good. <laughs> this is good. People, people are liking what they're seeing. Mm, nice. That's so funny. I imagine like you watching the cinema be like, zigzag. You're like, I was told not to. Like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, because in real life, I'm super athletic. So I was like, I would probably get it. I think I would get away. <laughs> I think in real life, I would have a good shot. Freddy Krueger, not so much because I do sleep a lot, so I don't know. I don't know, but he'd probably get me. Uh, <laughs> Jason, I think I think I give him a run for his money. I really, really do. Interesting. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, do you have any um, say? Say an actor is listening to this podcast and uh, they're about to be in a horror movie where they're going to die. Uh, what advice would you have for that actor? Um, first off, make sure you got a good screen. You know. You gotta have a good scream. Screams are important when it comes to horror films. Uh, watch as many horror films as you, as you want to beforehand, just because there's a it's something special about them. I don't think you can just walk on set and just do a horror film. I think it's important that you watch as many as you can um, and just see, like you know how how the story arcs go, how the characters develop, and really decide. Because most of the time in horror films, um, we've been watching these same characters over and over and over again. You know, just different. Um, 
versions of them depending on what, what year they are they take place you know all the different things you, you got the jerk you got the hero you've got the mm. damsel in distress you've got the the hot girl you know all of these characters are iconic so i think it's important that you definitely pay homage to those characters uh obviously and um and then just have fun man have fun as an actor one of the best things you can do is have great substitution um, I've been taking this really cool acting class where we've been uh, working on sensory work and it's really interesting. Uh, if I'm in a scene uh, and it's supposed to be cold, you know, you got to bring that cold in there, even if you're shooting in Austin, Texas, and it's super hot, you know, and then mm. at the same time, one of the very most important things to do, to do when it comes to substitution, like uh, we're working on smell that you hate. For me, what I realized, a smell that I hate makes me feel very scared on the inside, you know? So I was able to really tap into something uh, special when we're actually filming. So the art form form of it, uh, you can actually get pretty detailed, even though horror films are looked at as like, you know, just kind of like campy fun movies to get you scared. But the acting side of it actually can be very technical. So uh, have fun and, you know, dig deep. That's awesome. I love that, the whole uh, bad smell thing. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's it's super interesting. Um, I remember watching a director on a set that I was on once, and the 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 like motivation he gave the actor was that he was real thirsty, and it had nothing to do with the scene, but it like transformed yeah. the the portrayal. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the camera picks up so much, man. It, it's really really mm. cool. Nice. So uh, winding down now, um, you said you're you're a big horror fan. You're a big um, Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Are you a big Final Destination fan? I am. FD five. FD five is one of my favorites. I have friends in other FD five um, uh, series. <laughs> uh, it it was cool, man. I I was a big fan of FD five. I love first off. I love Candyman. I love Tony Todd. So I got to work with him. That was amazing. Mm. Um, a good friend of mine, Texas Battle. Texas did. Uh, he he did. His was. Was He's in Final Destination one? Three. Yeah, he gets his yeah, with the roller coaster. The- yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the weight. Yeah, exactly. So Texas and I have been friends forever and a day. So when I booked mine, he was happy for me. You know, it was it's amazing, mm. man. It, it it was a great ride for sure. But FD Five, I'm a huge fan of that series as well. Yeah, nice. And I guess you would have thought you missed your chance as well because they called the fourth one the Final Destination. You're like, oh, now I could never be in it. <laughs> I thought that was it too. I really, really did. You know, so when they they brought it back and with the twist, the twist mm. was was really important and really cool. You know, to bring mm. it back to the first one, I was like, okay, good. If we're gonna do it again, it's special. You know, and uh, a, a cool thing about both Friday the Thirteenth and FD Five, they were produced by a uh, same uh, group, New Line produced both. So when I booked Friday the Thirteenth. I got to meet uh, these really two two cool execs, Walter uh, Hamada and uh, and Dave Neustadter, and uh, got to meet these guys. And they're like, "Oh man, we really loved you in Friday the Thirteenth. We've got some cool stuff, says things like that." And so I got an audition then for FD Five, and I had nice. no idea it was the same guys <laughs> that produced the movie. So yeah, so I got an audition for FD Five, and I go into the audition for FD Five, and I have a great audition. And I don't realize at the time that this is Walter and Dave's movie. They're producing this one as well. I get a call to meet with the producers. And in my mind, I'm still auditioning. So I wear my outfit from the first audition. I learn my lines. I do all of these really really cool stuff. And I go to Warner Brothers where uh, New Line's office is. And I look at my papers. I'm walking in. And I was like, oh, shucks. This is Walter. I met these guys. (laughs) I was like, this could be good. Or, you know, you just never know this, but it should be good. And I go in and uh, I meet them and they're super cool, super casual. And for the first 
30 minutes of the meeting, we talk about my, I have a 64 VW bug that I love. So we talk about <laughs> my car, we talk about basketball, we talk about all this really cool stuff. And they're like, okay, now we'll talk about the movie. And it was very, very casual. And so they literally pitched me the entire movie from beginning all the way to the end where you realize that it goes back to the, uh, the first film and my character mm. dies last. And I literally, I said, I said, guys, I said, that sounds amazing. I would love to be a part of that, you know? And up until this point, I still have my sides in my hand <laughs> thinking <laughs> that I'm going to, you know, have to read and things like that. And they say, well, that's why you're here. I want to offer you the job. And I was like, really? And it was one of those moments that for, for an actor where you're kind of like this, I had one audition and they're like, yeah, we love you. We want to work with you again. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and then, you know, next thing you know, I'm on a bridge being knocked into a foam wall. Go figure. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Um, and the, I, the, the twist at the end of Final Destination 5 is one of the best twists in film history. What a, what a great way to take the series. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I love the fact that they brought it back to the first one. Uh, you know, recreating that to me, like I said, paid homage to how far the franchise had gone. And if you're a fan of the, of the franchise, it, it makes you feel nostalgic almost. You know what I mean? It brings mm. you back to, uh, to, to where it started. It's like for me when I watch old, old cartoons that they, that they, or new cartoons that, that they brought back, um, you know, from old ones that they've copied. Like when I watch the new uh, DuckTales cartoon, and I see mm. Darkwing Duck there, you know, and and different characters. It makes me feel good. <laughs> nice. Um, d- just quickly, do you have a favorite death in the Final Destination series? I do. Mm. I do. My favorite death is is easy. It's easy. It was Ellen Rose death. Who uh, she played? She played the gymnast. Yeah. Mm. The way she got folded up like a laptop. That's the best way to describe it. Um, she she got folded up like a laptop, you know. Um, yeah. I I cringed at at that death. I was like, oh my gosh, because in my mind, even though they didn't show you, you could see her fold over. But imagine what it looked like on the sides. You know what what parts of her exploded mm. out. You know, yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, even now thinking about it, it just makes me a little bit squeamish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that one well. Was, well that one went um, viral outside of the movie as well. I remember seeing that scene shared on Facebook and stuff. Oh, because yeah. it's, it's such a great microcosm for what Final Destination is yeah. as a series. And then even the the buildup in that scene where she's doing the gym routine with the with the pin that's on the balance beam, mm. uh, you know, and she's, she does, she's so close to stepping on it but doesn't step on it. I mean, and then she finally does, and you think that's it. And it, oh my, yeah. They, they, I mean, that, that scene from beginning to end was just horror film perfection for the, the anticipation, the, uh, you know, you were waiting for it to happen. You didn't know when it was going to happen. And then how it happened still threw you for a loop. Yeah. They definitely yeah, delivered yeah. on that one. Nice. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so sweet. So, um, I think that's that's pretty much it from us. But um, what are you guys? What are you um up to these days? Like, whereabouts can people find your work if they're wanting to check more out? I'm not allowed to talk about what I'm waiting to work on as of yet. <laughs> um, funny story though. Um, I'm a ghost. <laughs> Dead again. <laughs> um, but uh, but I'm around a lot longer than uh than just um than just one movie it's, it's actually a series so I'm, I'm around a lot longer in this one but i'll be able to make an announcement sooner than soon um other than that i just finished doing a great uh recurring uh on swat 
Um, I've been, uh, what else? I've been doing a little bit of writing. Um, and now I'm, j- I'm just waiting to get to work and to make this proper announcement. So that way, you know, I can share the new news with everybody else. But other than that, people can follow me on uh, all of my social medias, which is just my name uh, at Arlen Escarpeta. And I keep you uh, updated with everything that I'm doing for the most part, uh, you know, and try to educate you a little bit at the same time. So, yeah, things have been cool. good, man. I can't complain. Awesome. awesome. Well, we'll put uh, all the links to your socials in the description of this episode. But thank you, Arlen. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. No worries. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. I uh, I would love to get down there to New Zealand. I mean, I, I, I'm from Belize, so any place with, with pretty water and, and the sun, you know, I'm in. So, yeah, I definitely got to get down there sooner than soon. Well, give us give us a call when you do, and we'll watch Final Destination 5 together. <laughs> 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 Watch me die, yeah, twice. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome, yeah. Thank you, Alan, for uh, talking to us. That was mm. great insight. Um, and what a, what a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, man, really cool guy. Really enjoyed talking to him. All right, so next up, uh, we've got an interview with uh, Crystal Lowe who um, mm. is from Final Destination Three, uh, Ashlyn. She's one of the two in the famous tanning bed death scene, uh, which is mm. one of the most uh, one of the most iconic ones of the franchise. Oh, it's terrifying! If you haven't seen Final Destination Three, basically what happens is uh, these two girls they go to a tanning salon, and through a series of you know cups being knocked over and various domino effects, they end up trapped inside. Uh, two tanning beds as they get increasingly hotter and they sizzle and their skin you see their skin burning and then the two tanning beds explode and it is detrimental to anyone's mental health watching <laughs> that scene it's it, and for my money it's the most terrifying death scene in the whole franchise for so we were sure. very stoked to be able to um get an interview with crystal and check that she's that she's all right yeah she's yeah here, here so here it is here's our interview with crystal Lowe. Hi AJ, hi Richard. Hello Crystal. Nice to meet you. It's so good to to finally meet you. <laughs> it's nice to finally be here after that I felt that felt like some sort of weird horror movie obstacle course mm. that we were going through. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> but here we are. Um yeah, so it was a bit it was a bit difficult to 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 align our schedules being in in different uh countries and time zones and all that. Yes. But I'm very glad we've we've got you to talk to because you are you got to be like the holy grail of Final Destination deaths. I think <laughs> you think. Yeah, I know that um, a lot of like commentators and critics consider the tanning bed death to be the quintessential death of the whole franchise. Wow, I, I mean, I have had people reach out to me and like people have written papers on that death scene because apparently it affected them so deeply. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, which, it's always interesting to me. I just did a convention and I, I met a fan who was so lovely and uh, she had, you know, had my, the, with the camo pants that I wore in mm-hmm. that, that movie that, so I guess, yeah, I guess that death is stuck in people's minds. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I could be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, in my opinion, it's the scariest death. I, I watched it uh, with my family when I was about 14 and we nearly turned it off because wow. it was so alarming. Wow. So the reason we wanted to talk to you, Crystal, is because we are doing kind of like a Halloween special for our podcast uh, and we're asking Final Destination actors uh, what it's like to die. 
um, essentially. So okay, I'm st- I'm still alive right now. Mm. Just so you guys oh, know, well, in case good. you were stressed about that. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> so the tanning bed scene, the famous tanning bed scene. Yes. First question we have is how was it pulled off practically? Uh, they built the tanning beds obviously side by side, but you we lo- we lay on beds with an open front, so the camera was like mounted up top mm-hmm. with the camera off. Yeah. Um, and then we were punching in, you know, punching kind of like areas around the camera uh, and screaming our faces off and, you know, getting those prosthetic pieces. And I mean, my I think I, I always get that one confused with Black Christmas where my eyes got cut out of my head. But <laughs> that one, you know, I've died so many times. That one, my eye, the goggles get burned in my face, I think. Right. right? Yeah. And Chelan had the glass yeah. in her face. Yeah. So, you know, that obviously that, that was done in special effects makeup and then we would come back and shoot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. So what's it 15 like? 15 hours of screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's it like being in that place emotionally for so long? Is it like hard to, to get there and be screaming for your life? Yeah. It's just exhausting. By the end of that, you're like, oh my God, please, I need to sleep. I mean, to be honest, being on set period is exhausting because mm. as an actor- you know, like people always say the crews work way harder than us and, and the crews work their asses off. There's no doubt about that. But um, we have to be on all the time. Like our energy has to be high all the time, especially in scenes like that. So by the end of it, you're just like beat, you know, and then you have to go home and memorize however many pages of dialogue you have for the next day. So it's a lot. I slept like a baby. Well, that's good. So it obviously yeah. didn't disturb you too much that you couldn't sleep or <laughs> anything like that. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, I did go tanning so much back then. Yeah. Like I had, I was, I was what we call tanorexic <laughs> that back then. So I would like tan so much and like, and I look at those photos of myself back then. I'm like, what was I thinking? I was like orange. <laughs> it wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even the right color of skin for any person right. on this planet. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think your IMDb page lists um, like your you're known for as like um, tan skin. <laughs> yeah, those like who makes those up? You know what I mean? Like those they also were like I'm best friends with Catherine Isabel, and I I mean I love Catherine, and I know her. We're not BFFs. We don't have an apartment together. So I like I don't know who who I, somebody just goes on there and like makes that stuff up. I don't. They don't we, ask yeah. me. We are well versed in um, the the pitfalls of IMDb. We have a, a segment we regularly do on our show called Dumb IMDb Trivia because people can add trivia <laughs> as well, and that's something right. we we, th- we always notice. There's always way too much. Um, how would you put it, Richard? Like no, opinion? That, yeah. There's too much opinion in our IMDb, IMDb trivia. People will be like, "This part is stupid," or "This part doesn't make sense," and it's like, "Wow." That doesn't feel like objective <laughs> trivia. Yeah, no. This is just people <laughs> randomly adding things because they're bored. Yeah. <laughs> That's all of IMDb, I'm sure. Um, so yeah. is it is it scary, like, watching Final Destination 3 later, is it scary to watch yourself die, or does it take an emotional toll on your family and friends watching you die? Especially your death in Final Destination is so gut-wrenching. 
as 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 a difficult for people. The only movie that really bothered my parents was Insomnia when I died in that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know Final Destination in those movies. I mean, it's horrible to watch me die. I don't even think my mom has watched a lot of those because, <laughs> but they're more kind of fantastical. You know, you can kind of separate like it's a horror film. Yeah. But in Insomnia, mm-hmm. it was much more like uh, he was like so angry at Robin Williams, my dad, at the end of that it was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, you know, Dad, like he didn't really do that to me. He was like, oh, I hate Robin Williams now. I'm like you should get over it because it was it was his body double it wasn't even him like you know so yeah he's he's since gotten over it once he realized it wasn't actually him because it's also a movie it's not real um and uh yeah but otherwise i mean it was kind of an ongoing joke for a long time in my career of like are you ever going to be in a movie that like how far along do you die that was the first thing my mom would say when i'd be like i booked another movie she's like when do you die and i was like oh my god my dream is to be in a movie where I don't die and that doesn't have a number at the end of it. <laughs> like, it's not three or four. I just want to be in the first one. Yeah. There's no number. <laughs> and that's it. Because yeah, you are kind of known as like a scream queen. And like, what do you think of that title? Or do you consider yourself one? Well, it's been really weird. My career is so bizarre, um, you know, because I did that for a long time and that was awesome. I mean, I love the horror fans. I had a great time, but I didn't want to get pigeonholed in that. And I was. So I started really studying hard. Like I started taking every acting class I could take. I mean, I really wasn't very good back then. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, started like getting serious about it. And then I started booking other jobs. I mean, and now I'm on a Hallmark series. I've been on one for six years. I play Rita Hayworth, who is like an awkward, quirky girl, mm. you know, coming into her shell. It's like totally different. Um, and now I'm directing and, you know, writing. And so like, it's, you know, it's been a weird, if you look at my Twitter fan base, it's interesting because it's like, I mean, I guess those guys are probably in their like 30s now. Mm. And, but then it's like 30 to 40 year old men and then like 65 year old women. Because <laughs> yes. it's like, that's the, that's the genre jump. So you're like, oh, horror fans. Oh, Hallmark fans. Oh, that's weird. Okay. That, and never <laughs> the twain would meet, right? Like, you, those have got to be the polar opposite of of dem- demographics yeah but just as dedicated you know like neither of them like the, the hallmark fans are not messing around like they well those women are like writing letters every day i'm not joking and like getting our show back like they're they are just as serious mm. i can imagine because yeah we did we did notice that um when we looked at your imdb that in between things like final destination you've got um signed sealed delivered which is your uh hallmark series um yeah. We just briefly. So, what we do on our podcast here is we watch um, entire film franchises in a fortnight, right? So we've we watched all the Final Destination films and et cetera, et cetera. And I noticed you've actually got a a very small role in uh, another franchise that we've discussed on our podcast. Uh, you are one of like Chingy's groupies in Scary Movie Four. <laughs> do you remember anything That's about right. that? I think I was. I think I was Chingy's girl number two or three again <laughs> with the freaking numbers. I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Uh, it was so quick. I very, you know, yeah. don't really remember it. I think he was nice enough. <laughs> we, we, I was just like, we can't pass Sometimes up the it's opportunity. Sometimes just a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Sometimes you got to just pay the bills. You know what I mean? You're like, sweet, yeah, great. This is, I'm going to pay rent this month, nice. so that's cool. No, I totally get that. We were just like, damn, like. 
we got to ask you about scary movie for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we got that in. <laughs> you've you've been in a lot of horror films, but you've kind of now that you've uh, gone a bit more away from that in terms of your acting. Are you still a horror fan, or like, are you a horror fan in general? I wasn't. I'm. I don't want to say I'm not a horror fan, but I'm actually too scared to watch the genre. So, like, every time I watch horror films, I have to, like, actively say to myself, that's prosthetic. Those are the lights. Like, I have to deconstruct because I don't... It scares me. I, I think people, like... Um, I'm an adrenaline junkie, and so I love adrenaline, but not that way. Like, I don't... Like, like I, like, I went kiteboarding and almost died, which I will not do again. But, like, after that, I was like, whoa, that was amazing. Uh, whereas watching horror films just stresses me out. <laughs> so, I'm like, oh. So, I I don't really watch them. Mm. I usually yeah. watch a lot of stoner movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Zoolander 500 times. Cool. Um, I'm obsessed with comedy you know and that's kind of where i'm moving into now as well like creating characters and doing comedic stuff i love comedy films that's mainly what i watch nice well i mean final destination three and and some (laughs) grand perspective as a as a comedy film so there you go it is it is yeah you're right you're right like were you a fan of the series before you you joined um, I really liked the first one. I thought it was really well done. I still think it's really well done. Mm. Glenn and Jim, Glenn Morgan and Jim Wong wrote that one, and they also wrote the third one. Glenn and Jim are incredibly gifted writers. So, like, even though I don't like their genres usually, like, I'm not that I don't like it, but it's just not my not the thing I'm usually watch. They did a lot of the um, X Files, mm, yes, as well. They're good, um, and I thought. Final Destination 1 was a really fantastic concept. I thought it was written really well. It was like, oh, this is smart, you know? So I was a fan of the first. Mm. So have you seen any of the ones past three? No. No? Fair enough. Um, (laughs) Of of the the three that you would have seen then, do you have a favourite death in the franchise? I guess I can't say my own. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's the best one. (laughs) (laughs) The dentist one, I think. There's a dentist one, isn't there, in number two? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that would be the grossest. Mm. Cool. Thank you, Crystal, so much for, for coming on the show and, and, and shedding some light on what it's like to die. And it sounds like you've done it a few times, so you're probably mm-hmm. an expert at this stage. <laughs> I am. So yes. uh, the last thing we'll ask you is, is what are you doing these days? Uh, where can people find you? That sort of thing. I'm actually doing a Dolly Parton Christmas movie right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, it is because Dolly Parton's a boss, like a badass <laughs> boss. Yeah, man. Do you know that Dolly Parton is one of the only musicians who never sold any of her, the rights to her songs? Wow. Yeah. That's the- like, think about that. Think about when Dolly Parton was like coming up. Yeah. There was like no women in business. She didn't sell any of them, which is why she has so much now. I'm like, that woman is badass. So I'm doing yeah. a Dolly Parton Christmas movie right now. Cool, cool. Um, and then I'm going to shoot another sign sealed in December. Nice. So we'll be doing that soon. Very yeah. cool. Awesome. And so you mentioned as well that you're doing um, some directing now. What um, what kind of stuff have you been have you been directing? I've directed two shorts. I've produced four. Um, I am currently in the middle stage of finding out if I got accepted for a, a big mentorship program, but I can't say what it is because I'm still in the interview process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I wrote a story uh, about a sumo wrestler who dreams of being a ballroom dancer. <laughs> and uh, cool. yeah, and so I want to, I love directing. I almost love directing. I would definitely say it's 50-50 with acting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, 
And the people that I like admire the most are people like Issa Rae. I don't know if you know who that is, but she did Insecure on HBO. Yeah. Um, or, you know, the writer, writer of Fleabag. Mm-hmm. She's so amazing. You yeah. know, those, those people that are like writing, producing, directing and starring in their own stuff. Those would be the people that I strive to be like. So that's awesome. That's that's the path. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Fingers Crystal. Um, and uh, yeah. thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Uh, thank you so Cheers. much. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Thank you so much, Crystal, for coming on the show and talking to us about your horrific death scene in Final Destination 3. Uh, The last interview we've got for you today is with Justin Wellborn, who plays the infamous Carter or the racist in The Final Destination, the fourth film in the series. And uh, his death scene is a bit more elaborate mm. um and uh we, we explain it during the interview so yeah the, the the basics of it is that he gets dragged down the road by a tow truck and set on fire after he tries to um you know perform a, an, an act of hate upon a african-american <laughs> uh and it's it's very it's it's one of the it's one of the probably funniest deaths in the series um and so it was really cool to be able to talk to justin about his role in this film very cool guy let's get to it We are here with Justin Wellborn. Hey, Justin, how are you going? Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, pretty good. So uh, we are interviewing actors who are in Final Destination, specifically actors who died in the Final Destination (laughs) movies. Um, And I'm really glad we got to interview you, or we get to interview you, Justin, because you have a death in the fourth film, um, The Final Destination. The Final yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is one of the um, most elaborate, I think, deaths, at least in its setup, uh, that that in the whole series. Uh, and I thought I would kind of relay it to you and to our listeners now. What actually happens to your character uh, before we get into the questions? So you you play Carter, who's a a, a racist dude. Um, <laughs> And he drunkenly stumbles out of his tow truck to erect a wooden cross to burn on a black guy's lawn, uh, but in the process accidentally unlatches the chain of the tow, which is released clattering to the ground while digging a hole on George's front yard, is the, the guy. Um, a gust of wind blows through Carter's truck's open window, knocking a horseshoe ornament dangling from his rearview mirror onto the car's radio, which starts blasting, why can't we be friends? Uh, the- <laughs> The vibrations of the music cause a half-empty six-pack of beer to fall off the middle compartment between the two front seats, and one of the plastic rings of the six-pack holder hooks onto the gear shift, taking off park, which starts the truck slowly moving down the street, um, and the doors lock, and an open can of gas on the back of the truck falls over, spills a line of gasoline down the road as the as the truck's driving along, unable to get into his truck and stop it from driving. Carter cries in frustration before his foot is caught on the hook of the tow that is dragging across the road behind the truck. Uh, while being dragged down the road, Carter is set on fire when the friction of the tow chain and the concrete sparks ignite the line of petrol and then the truck explodes. Yeah, that is pretty elaborate. Now that you uh, now that you read it all out like that, I didn't even really. They all seem really elaborate when you're reading about them, uh, when you're even watching them. But uh, yeah, hmm. that, uh, that's yeah. pretty involved, man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know it was going to be elaborate. I just start. I just started writing it down so that we'd have it there in case we needed to refer to it. And I was like, "This is this is a lot more than I was expecting." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
can you tell us a little bit about like how that was filmed practically? Because there is like obviously um, there's a shot where the the Carter is completely engulfed in flames, and presumably that's a stunt double. But I feel like there is one shot where uh, a leg is on fire, and it's clearly you. Yeah. Um, well, we spent three days um, doing this entire scene, you know, whether it be the getting the cross out and things like that. And oh, by the way, just for reference, when we were shooting it, he didn't have the name Carter. I was just known as the racist. So <laughs> for the entire time that I shot the final destination, I was just the racist. OK, <laughs> so um, I, I tried to give it a little variety um here and there um but um so yeah we did all the digging and the you know bringing out the crosses and things but then the stunt team was there and i told them i i had also done stunts and stage combat for a lot of uh, a, a long time and um and they trusted in that and uh jeff dash now um who runs brand x stunts uh who i've worked with since on things like godless and uh, yeah, he's just an incredible guy. Um, he kind of felt me out and he was like, you know, well, you know, we've definitely got the stunt double for, for dragging, you know, behind the, behind the car and, and setting on fire. And I was like, no, 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 no. You, you have to drag me. You have to drag <laughs> me. And, and, and then we were like, well, if you're going to drag, we're going to have the fire come towards you. And now I had never done fire stunts, but they were <laughs> very reassuring that they could set me on fire up to a certain point and that it would all go fine. <laughs> and um, Now this is the other thing too. We're out in the middle of this uh, neighborhood in the middle of, new orleans and all the neighbors are just watching as as they you know are, are getting set to to drag me down and you know there are the times where they specifically just hooked me up to the truck and then just drove very slowly with pads under my back and you know and i'm screaming and shouting and then we got to the actual on fire stuff and they basically dip your entire costume and you into this freezing liquid which is to help you not actually catch on fire so the weirdest part about being on fire in a movie is that you're freezing cold <laughs> and if you can actually feel the heat that's really bad so um yeah you you, you don't want to feel the heat um but i was really excited about doing this was also about 11 years ago so i'm much more willing to let stuntmen um do everything that they need to do uh uh these days and get their paycheck and go forth. But at the time I, I was much more willing to, you know, jump into the fire as they say. <laughs> and, um, it was, it was great. We did several takes. They were always surrounding me. Uh, the, the stunt guys were always just off. So when they started me down, they lit me up and then suddenly I'm being dragged by a truck actually on fire and it, it, it swallows up, up to my waist and which was, Great. You, you, you can't help but react to being on fire. You're a human being. You're on fire. It, it's really pretty uh, uh, conducive to screaming and shouting. Um, so um, and then uh, when they call cut, they'd come over. They they'd put me out with the fire extinguishers, throw a blanket on. Every time was just fine. Um, I can't remember the stunt guy's name that actually um, did the full fire rig. I think he actually ended up getting his 
his lips or his eyelids burned a little bit oh from God. from actually doing the thing. Yeah, which yeah. when I, when I told him, I was like, "Hey, I want to do the whole thing. Can I be on you know on fire?" They're like, "We need your face. We haven't we haven't filmed all your lines yet, so you know, no, we we can't have you horribly disfigured by fire. That's what the stunt guys are for." So. um so shout out to him because he made me look really, really good. But it was um, it was a very involved process of being both dragged by a truck and, you know, and I also, I never wanted to make it, this guy doesn't deserve any of your sympathy. This is a ridiculous mm. scene. This is a ridiculous character. He doesn't deserve anything but what's happening to him. So I wanted to give it a bit of a, a comedic edge, not only when he gets caught by the hook and falls to the ground and, uh, you know, kind of do my little scream, but that he's just, he deserves all of this, all of the dragging, all of the fire, all of the exploding. And then when they actually like cast my head, which I think was like, I, I, I can't remember if I did it before I went to do the movie or afterwards, but, um, yeah, it's just it, it's amazing looking at your your own face on fire, <laughs> uh, sitting in somebody's yard, you know, and 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 knowing that you deserve to be there. So yeah. <laughs> that that's an interesting point because, as you say, you are quite a, a despicable um, character in the film, and I, you know, you're the you I think you're the first main death, presumably, you know, yeah. easing the audience in. But it's it's not a guy you have to feel bad for. No. Um, but with that being said. Um, was it hard, like were you, did you get to a, a real place emotionally as an actor of of dying or because you were playing a pretty bad dude was it did you play up the comedy more you know because of this I, i've definitely played death scenes that, that have more emotional gravitas um mm. but this is so technical that it was you know there was a lot of looking uh, uh towards like conserving my voice, being able to do it over and over again. You know, you're physically being dragged. Now you're on fire. You want to make sure that you're not on fire for too long. Uh, you know, so I, I can't say that this one necessarily came from a terribly emotive acting place. This one was very, you know, all of, all of that is very technical to have to do. And to do again and again and again, a stunt isn't something that you do once. It's something that you're able to repeat. So, um, and, and it's the same with acting, you know, you might be able to cry on this take, but if you're not able to repeat that thing, that's a problem. You know, you, yeah. you need to be able to draw on those things continuously because what if the sound wasn't on or they just, they drop the camera or whatever it is. You have to be able to repeat <laughs> yeah. it. So this one, I do not remember being terribly, um, it was much more fun. All mm. of it was, fun. it was fun being there. The, the, the entire final destination crew, uh, cast and crew were fun to be around. And, and there was a neighborhood of people that were told to <laughs> shut up while I died. And then afterwards they cheered, you know, they just, <laughs> you know, they want your autograph. They're all like, yay, it was a fire. So, you know, that's yeah, great. that was that, that was pretty great. So, mm. it, what's it like um, then going and watching yourself play this like despicable racist character and then also just like seeing yourself die? What's that like for you? And also like, do, how does your family find it? I've played some pretty despicable characters throughout my entire career and continue to play pretty <laughs> despicable characters. That seems to be something that 
Hollywood has latched on to. I try to be a good person, <laughs> but play a bad guy, you know? Um, <laughs> um, it can be strange to watch yourself die, but it, it happens so often now, whether it be television or film, uh, I, you know, it's, it, it's almost comedic. Um, uh, at first it was hard. Um, my family said that it was, it was hard to watch me die, but usually I was sitting there with them right then watching the movie with them or something along those lines. So, uh, they kind of get it. My mother is always happy when I make it through anything, you know, when I make it through any particular film, any particular television show, she'll literally call me up and go, and you lived. So, you know, it, it is, it has happened with such frequency that it's, um, I think they're pretty used to it by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Um, just quickly, you—you actually—that's actually your second death in the movie. I forgot to mention this before. The, the right, first, right, right, right. Yeah, the first death is um, in the premonition of you know that's at the start of every Final Destination movie. Um, is and you get like chopped in half by a flying piece of debris. Was that particularly technical, or was that all digital? That was total green screen. Uh, you know, later on they pulled uh, me and uh, Lara Grice, uh, who played my wife in the film, um, into a little green screen place, and we basically, um, yeah, I think I think we put on the green screen pants, mm-hmm. and 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 then had to you know fly up <laughs> in the air, and then we had another, uh, and then I think we put on our our lower half and and put on green screen things over that. Um, yeah. And mm. I mean, this was also the, uh, at the time it was the very first 3d shot movie. My bloody yeah. Valentine had been put in the new 3d technology, but wasn't shot with triangulated cameras. So mm. everything in the final destination took a long time to film it, it, You know, we had three cameras on it all time and they were actually rendering things on site um, to sort of give people an idea of what it was going to look like. So, mm. you know, every, the, the racetrack scene that took three weeks and, you know, everything took a long time to make sure that we really, you know, now 3d and technology is very different, but you know, we weren't really sure <laughs> where we were going back then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was my, uh, second death in the, yeah. um, cool. Um, so, what what is the appeal for an actor to do a horror movie because they look like they could be pretty stressful but like <laughs> is it is it something you really enjoy or is it really hard going i will definitely say that horror movies take their toll um mm. but that's often a good thing both for the film and sometimes for the actor um mm-hmm. i mean i I really came from horror films. You know, we made independent movies. My first real independent movie um, was The Signal and The Dance of the Dead. And these are kind of things that we were shooting on very shoestring budgets and having to make imaginative decisions to make them the movies that they were and um, and are. And um, that can be very... So we actually found ourselves, especially with like The Signal... Uh, and, and some of the others, it was just easier to make a horror movie to start with in the yeah. idea that, that we could make a movie and then we could make another movie. You know, if you want to make a big period drama, well, who can do that with $50,000? Um, it, it's just impractical. And so horror movies kind of came about about through necessity in some way um, that we were able to do it. Um, 
But that being said, I, I had always enjoyed horror movies, but once I started making horror movies, that's when I really got into it. And I started watching them and, and mm. studying them and really understanding where things came from, from before and what they were now and what I really liked and what I really didn't and what I wanted to do. Um, or, and if not copy, emulate, you know, mm. be, uh, um, inspired by, um, and, and they really can like, uh, the film that I just got back from, I mean, we were out in, uh, you know, almost freezing weather in the middle of this dirty barn, you know, filming mm -hmm. these scenes or walking through the woods and you're in clothes that nobody should be wearing out there in that weather. And everybody else is bundled up except you. Um, the fighting, the blood, um, all of it can be pretty taxing uh, at times, especially when the hours go on, because, you know, independent movies, you know, you got to catch it when you can. Um, yeah. but I love it. I absolutely love it. There are times where I find myself doing, uh, really cool shows in LA, like NCIS or Hawaii Five-O, and you almost feel so pampered that there's nothing that you can really pull from. You just are <laughs> reporting, you're reporting in to do the job, you know? And, yeah. um, a lot of times in horror movies there, you know, everybody's bringing their game. Everybody wants to be there. And, um, mm. that's an amazing thing. And not to mention that the horror community itself is so amazingly, um, supportive and, and yeah, excited yeah. about, about all sorts of things from the big movies like it all the way down to the little productions because they have friends in them. So mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's really extraordinary. Nice. So, so you're, you're a horror fan. Um, were you specifically a final destination fan before doing the movie? I can't say that I was, I watched, <laughs> um, the, is it the second one with the truck log roll the highway? Yeah. It, yes. That, freaked me out so bad that um, I, it, it's hard to get it out of your mind. I still think mm. about it when I'm on <laughs> small California roads with a large logging truck going by, you know, it's yeah. impossible <laughs> to get out of your mind. And that's what makes a great horror film. But of course, when I got into this one, I went back and I watched all the ones that um, I hadn't seen. Um, and I am a fan of the first one. I would definitely say I love the second one and, mm. uh, and, and the new one they made the last one, the fifth one, um, mm. uh, is, is really well done. That bridge scene yeah, yeah. is extraordinary. So, yeah. Um, and I, I really like ours. Um, you know, the mm -hmm. final destination, I got to meet everybody and, uh, there was a, a, a kind of, uh, camp element to some of it that I think mm. really was, was fun. Um, uh, watching the mom go into the, into the hairdressers and all the things that are going wrong and that you think are going to be the things that really take her out. Don't, mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's wonderful. You know, some of them really creep me out. What's, which one is it where the girl goes off the, um, the gymnastic set and just yeah, yeah. Cr yeah. crunches. That is absolutely just <laughs> horrifying to watch. So I, I enjoy it now, but I can't say that I was necessarily a big uh, Final Destination follower from before. They, mm. they are much less depressing to watch if you think of them as comedies, we found. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the guys that actually wrote them and, and produced them and things like that, 
it's fun to do. You know, they're having a blast writing it. They're looking for the most inventive, crazy, weird things to come up with. So uh, they really, um, yeah, they're, they're also looking for a bit of that value as well. And they're having fun. So what what we do on our podcast usually is we watch uh-huh. entire film franchises uh, in a fortnight, right? So we we watch oh, every wow. Final Destination movie, um, and this is this might be a question that leads to nowhere. We didn't actually send this to you ahead of time, but okay. uh, while while looking at your IMDb, um, I noticed that uh, you starred in another uh, franchise that we watched all of. Um, you're in Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Oh, was, God, right, 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 yeah. Was that a significant yeah. role? Because I couldn't no. find a clip of it on no, YouTube or anything. Y- you can't find me anywhere in that movie. As a matter of fact, I'm not in that movie. Oh. I'm not in the extras of that movie. I shot that movie. I'm credited in that movie. I get residuals from that movie, <laughs> but I am not shown in that movie. Um, I spent two days in rainy somewhere in Georgia with a whole bunch of other freaks during the big... Um, uh, uh, Halloween party scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, I had on this amazing makeup. I was Mr. Hyde. And, you know, they had the teenage werewolf guy who was like the Verizon kid or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I hung out with him. I had a trailer. I had, you know, the whole bit. And uh, I think I'm like the last credited person in the movie, but I'm not actually in the movie. And I met Rob. I met Sharon. Um, you know, Cheryl. Um, uh, you know, it, it was it was great to be there, and and I really was excited to be a part of it because I love Halloween, and it was a big thing that Rob was making it, and you know, it was all that. But uh, sometimes you just end up on the floor, man. That's so how it's, it goes. it's it's almost just a, another movie that you were killed off in, but on a more <laughs> uh, <laughs> real it's, life it's, level. it's it's actually a bit more galling. I mean, I would much rather <laughs> you see me get you know, whacked on screen than just, you know, cut out of the movie. Uh, I mean, I, I ended up like dancing with the, with all the main girls in the movie. I mean, I was definitely shot. We did a lot of filming, but it it, it was one of those things that I went and saw it at the theater and kind of walked away like, damn, damn. Wow. Yeah. That, that one hurt. That one hurt. Um, (laughs) That might be the biggest takeaway from this interview is that it's more emotionally taxing to be cut from a film than to die on screen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, or or to see, you know, there are times where, like, really good scenes that you filmed are just completely out of the film or, Mm. you know, things that you think were really great about your character that just never show up or... Yeah, it, it can emotionally afterwards, it can be very taxing to watch your work, um, whether it's something like a TV show where you feel like you did some really good stuff and they just like boom, 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 boom over all of that. And um, or did you like in a zombies movie, you just end up on the cutting room floor, man. Yeah, I, I like to imagine yeah. that you didn't realize your final destination character was racist until you saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that, uh, man, not only was he called the racist, when I went in uh, to the to the callbacks down in New Orleans, I mean, this was the kind of thing that, I mean, at the time I was still trying to figure out whether I wanted to do film or I was going to keep doing stage acting. And I mean, I went down there and you know, you're supposed to kind of wear what you wore to the first audition. So they kind of remember mm. I'd worn like jeans and a t-shirt 
And there were guys down there that were like six foot tall skinheads. There were big King Kong Bundy looking guys, just huge farmer hit guys. I mean, there were guys who were swastikas and like real tattoos and stuff. And I mean, I'm in jeans and a t-shirt and uh, it, it was, it was, you know, going into the audition, there were a whole bunch of people in the room and usually there are only about three or four. I could see myself on the monitor. I was really kind of angry, act off uh, at the whole situation. And, um, I, I, you know, when I actually got the part, I asked the, uh, um, uh, the producer, you know, why I, I got this. He was like, well, I'm a big fan of yours from the signal, but uh, also you came in and you just scared us with how angry you were. You just seemed like the most upset person and you knew why you were upset. And there was just an intensity to that. And I think that all came from the fact that I thought I'd been out charactered by all the, <laughs> all the racist bozos out in the hall. Yeah. Um, but I will also say this, wearing those things like, you know, SS tattoos and 88 and swastikas, I mean, that stuff sucks. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's really powerful. I mean, it fe- you put them on and you can kind of feel the weird power they imbue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people, uh, background artists would come up to me and, and ask if those were my real tattoos. <laughs> like, yeah, because they, act- they actually hired a Nazi to do the film. <laughs> uh, but, I, I mean, I did things like I read Schindler's List while doing Final Destination to kind of offset mm. what <laughs> I was doing because it, it sucks to say those things. You know, Michael T is a really great guy. And to, and, and to call him names like that, to say those things, it just it sucks, you know. But I mm. understand why that role exists i understand why we still have those things and i've done those things since then but i try to do things to offset that to Mm. to just kind of with myself as much as the world yeah Mm. did you ever like like leave the tattoos on and then just like go into a burger king and be like sorry i'm I'm filming a thing you know we had to take them on and off a lot so i do believe i actually did leave set with them a couple times um and we're down in new orleans so uh not so much burger king as uh, bars (laughs) um but uh i I think i always manage to keep them pretty covered up man that's the kind (laughs) of stuff you you don't want to get in a fight with somebody for being a fake nazi you know (laughs) that's that's just that's just lame (laughs) um have you got any um tips or tricks for anyone any aspiring actors out there who um are looking to film their first uh big death scene in a horror movie i would say take care of yourself because it's a long haul um and giving it your all every single time um is what feels like it's gonna be the best um but you're going to be filming a lot more than you think you are. <laughs> mm. So, um, you know, taking care of your voice. I mean, you may have the ability to scream and scream and scream, but um, it it will give out. I've had it happen. Your voice breaks and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you can't talk in the same way because you've just been shouting at 4 a.m. in the morning and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, into the into the bleak darkness. Um, you know, there there are all sorts of things like, you know, tried to, I, I learned on Final Destination because they had such an amazing food spread that they can make you anything steak and just, I just never say, I mean, better food than you could get at most restaurants. Um, 
So, um, yeah, limit what you eat because you got to go back on set and you're going to want to go take a nap instead. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, small portioning throughout the day is much better than uh, these large meals. When you're the crew, you know, eating is like fuel. You know, Mm. you got to got to keep it going and you're fuel, too. You need it. But, um, you know, on screen, if you go ahead and eat both the surf and the turf, you're going to have a hard time um, (laughs) hanging out for the for the long haul, I would definitely say. Um, Mm. And also, and and I think this is those are more physical things. I would say um, try and keep a sense of uh, fun and humility about it because, and watch what people are doing. You can learn a lot about how movies get made by watching the crews around you. You can see the things that you want to emulate and the things that you don't. (laughs) Um, and that's really important because each film is an opportunity to, to learn something, uh, uh, whether it be about movie making or about what kind of people to be or, uh, and it, it, it can be hard. It can be trying at that, that 4am time when, you know, you're shooting over and over to, uh, you know, to keep your cool, but really trying to keep there. Everybody is in the same boat. Nobody, nobody's quitting, you know, nobody's yeah. walking away from the scene. If you're there and you're cold, the sound guy, the director, everybody's cold, man, mm-hmm. you know, hang in there and try and keep that um, perspective in mind. It's too easy to begin to feel like you're the most important thing. Cause you're the one on screen. Um, mm-hmm. And that does, that does need some consideration and sometimes can be looked over in the technical aspects of things. Actors um, sometimes, you know, and for sometimes good reasons, get a reputation for needing, you know, a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of space or, or whatever. And, but that's also my job. And if I need a minute to get to where I need to get, then I'm going to take it. And if you need a minute to rack focus or change a lens, you know, yeah. they, they, they deserve that consideration too. So really be kind and, and grateful for your crew. Pay attention to what they do. Nice. Cool. Well, that about uh, wraps up our questions, Justin. The last one we have, of course, is um, what are you up to these days? And is there anything you want people to check out? Is there anywhere, like, do you want people to check out your Twitter or anything like that? You can always find me on um, on Instagram. It's uh, JSDN Wellborn. You can find me there. Uh, I don't do a lot of work on Twitter. My agents keep telling me I should. Um, <laughs> I just did a uh, Showtime show with Ethan Hawke called uh, uh, The Good Lord Bird. Uh, that should mm-hmm. be coming out sometime next year. And um, I, ju- I just shot with the director, uh, one of the directors of The Signal, Jacob Gentry, um, called Broadcast Signal Intrusion. I think that's a working title. But uh, <laughs> look out for Jacob Gentry's new movie because I'm in that as well. And, uh, you know, I'll be doing TV, movies here in L.A. and wherever else you guys call me. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, yeah. Justin. Thank you, guys. Thanks I really much. appreciate it, man. Oh, good. Awesome. Thank you, Justin. And mm-hmm. that's all we've got. Um, so I hope you didn't want any more. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, this this was uh, this episode was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, a lot of emailing, and a lot of uh, very tentative scheduling. Um, we we operated with Pacific Standard Time for all because all of those guys are from California. Uh, and so and we in New Zealand had to get up. How early did we have to get up each morning? Richard, interview these people. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. each morning um, over at 
what two two I can't remember. Anyway, um, anyway, thanks so much to Arlen and Crystal and Justin for coming on the show. Um, you can check out all their social links and what they're up to in the show notes of this episode. Um, and if you liked Cold Popture, if this is your first Cold Popture episode, or it's not your first Cold Popture episode, and you just want to support us in ways that you haven't already, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube and Acast and iTunes. Um, and Instagram and you can also email us at coldpopsionmedia at gmail.com let us know what's your favourite death and final destination who who would be your dream interview for for actors <laughs> who have died in final destination let us know and maybe maybe you know if 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 they reply to our many emails we sent we'll do another episode <laughs> like this um, but yeah this has been a lot of fun uh, thank you so much for coming along with us and yeah we'll see you I'm very tired I'm sorry if this is this is off form (laughs) been interviewing all day I'm very tired good night everybody it's actually midday but I'm very tired alright bye (laughs) is that good should I do something better Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 